Okay, welcome everyone to the new episode of Marketing Mediator. Uh, my name is Amandeep Singh, uh, your host of the show. Uh, today I have a very special guest, Varun, from all the way from the land of smiles, Thailand. Welcome to the show, Varun. Hi, hi, Aman. Uh, really nice to talk to you, and yeah, hello to your listeners. Uh, happy to be here. Um, I think conversations are a really big part of our job, so I always love an interesting conversation. absolutely and just for our audiences uh, just to let you know what we are kind of you know trying to do on marketing mediator this this podcast is basically we are trying to untangle this whole maze of marketing right uh, we are acknowledging that you know our industry especially the whole marketing branding advertising world there has been confusion over last few years uh, and we empathize with all the challenges like they are real right? they are absolutely real because the landscape is evolving all the time but i think what we want to achieve at the end of the show or you know the continuous uh, shows which we are doing is that the basics of marketing branding advertising they remain the same and that is why varun uh, we have you today uh, so varun why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself so the audience is know what you do what's your background where are you right now yep so i have been in strategy all my career uh, strategic planning on the agency side that is uh, currently i take care of uh, one of the biggest automobile the players in the category i have been in automobile for last 9 to 10 years almost uh, and uh, currently i am taking care of the apex strategy uh, for uh, that uh, that automobile player uh, based out of bangkok so bangkok is the kind of regional office so that's where i take a regional strategy and yeah i think overall uh, i've been working since 2010 so 13 14 years of experience uh, started in strategy as i mentioned uh, i would say learned on the job But yeah, that's about me. Awesome, awesome. So just to let our audiences know, uh, me and Varun, we uh, go way back. Uh, I think we knew each other in India. We were working together uh, once in a while, not very closely, uh, being part of the same opco. But I think I also spent like over a year, year and a half, two years in Bangkok with you, working with the same client, and it has yeah. been pleasure working with you. So Varun, uh, one question I want to ask is that since you work in strategy, strategy planning, you know that field. Uh, do you think uh, do you need like a formal training like tell us how did you start did you take formal training and mm-hmm. maybe let touch upon the fact that why or why not the formal training in strategy is important mm. so uh, yeah there are kind of two three levels to that question so let me start from where i started so i was pursuing engineering um, always as a child i was interested in arts uh, basically painting that kind of stuff uh when i was close to finishing my engineering i realized the job would be like a very uh menial uh job not really exciting uh you don't really know that at the starting i was pursuing electronics and communication engineering uh i did get a job but like at the third year or something so then i started thinking what more can i do so i thought let me do mba because the fad was everyone was doing mba right you follow what everyone does so um but what i heard was i heard about this college which was uh, famous for its advertising mm-hmm. and in my mind i thought maybe okay advertising is linked to the creative field so why not join that so i started preparing uh, obviously everyone tries for the the best colleges but i did get into uh, mica basically which was the mudra institute of communications uh, where i started did my mba uh, so after like i was a fresher right so that's one point like i got into mba but i don't think i made the most of it uh, i was sitting in organizational behavior class never attended a kind of office so it was like i was like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> sorry for the language yeah so 
I think yeah. So basically, that was more of the formal training. Uh, I don't think I really kind of appreciated that when I got into job. Then I started realizing a little bit of a difference. So there are a couple of things to strategy. Do you need formal training beforehand? No. Mm-hmm. But do you need to learn for the initial uh, few years? Yes. So I did understand the basic models of marketing. They remain the same, right? Uh, even in today's world, they are even more important. So you have got your whatever. We do uh, strategies all about you know frameworks and grids and matrix uh, because it's about making decisions. It's about helping clients make decisions, and everything will fall into some kind of a format or a grid or a framework, right? So those help. Knowing them helps, but. Uh, I don't think it really helped me initial part of the career. I really had to learn a lot. Um, also, because when you really get into the real part of the job, you realize you don't apply them daily, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to do a BCG exercise on every client. That <laughs> happens like once in a while uh, as a as a portfolio exercise if you're lucky. So you just suddenly get into a very different side of of things, right? So that's where I think strategy is more about learning on the job. Uh, also, luckily in my career, I've seen strategies come from every field. So, if you understand the ground reality very well, if you're an account person, right, uh, basically account manager or something, you can get into strategy. Strategy is almost about somebody having a little bit of a common sense, uh, who and who just is not shy from asking questions, understanding things. Right, that's where it starts. And I think just learning, like you have to. I think one of the only skill you require as a planner is you have to constantly learn. Like even right now, you do have to keep. Uh, on top of things, what's happening, and you have to keep learning from different fields, right? Mm-hmm. Because strategy in itself is nothing; it's just about knowing everything almost, right? That's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. So that's point number one. Uh, and I think having mentors is very, very important in strategy. People who who teach you, there are different schools of strategy. So if you work with the right kind of, I think mentors, uh, and if you're ready to learn, it's about really doing a lot uh, on hand. It's almost like if I ask you to do pottery. Uh, unless you get your hands on it, you can't really know whether you're good at it, not good at it, or you can't you do it or not, right? So it's right. very hands-on. You have to make a strategy deck to understand the gap and then be better at it. You can't read it in books, in models, in classes. You have to really make one. When you find a gap, and you should when you see someone else, you'll say why mine is not that good, and you realize there's a gap, and you kind of learn mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I think it's more about uh, learning on the job is much more important than formal training. I would say. Got it. And can I just uh, double click on one of the things which you said, right? And and this comes from the fact that I have worked with you, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things which I have noticed over my career in in marketing and advertising is that, like you said, you have to ask a lot of questions, right? And mm-hmm. I think it saves a lot of time, right? And I have seen you asking those questions that you I've never seen you at least in my life ever hesitating from asking like questions from the client. They mm-hmm. they might sound like stupid questions if you are new mm-hmm. or you know. Yeah, but I think yeah. that that is the key. So my what I want to understand from you is that people who are new or people who have been in strategy from a long time, uh, if they have this in you know inner hesitancy to ask questions and look stupid, uh, how do you work around it? Like some some tips. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's a little bit of um, okay. Why that works is is more of maybe your ego let me put mm-hmm. it simply right yeah the reason i say that is let's say uh, i take i now lead strategy right mm-hmm. imagine if there are all these larger team members even market teams and i'm asking question would i sound like if i as a strategy lead doesn't know this but i think you have to little bit get over it the the reason is um i think it's not about sounding smart a lot of the times the mistake that planner makes is those are the people who are proactively asking questions and people who are not mm-hmm. even people who ask the questions 
if you are trying to come across as smart, uh, the people on the other side of the table are really experienced more than us. Okay, you're always dealing with like a CMO would be more than 15 years of experience, like yeah. hands down. And no matter you think they are the smart, not smart, simple people, they always understand when trying to be over smart or the question mm-hmm. is not genuine. So I think my point is, if you always have a genuine question, just simply ask and you can always say, I don't know much about it. It'll be good to know. So my standing point has been um, like I always start from zero and I actually tell the even right now, for example, if I start, let's say uh, I entered CRM, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for my client. Now, CRM is something I've seen as an overview. Not really. So the client expects I would know and they say you might not know this and I would say and I tell my team also like think of me as a layman mm-hmm. and explain the technicalities of what this means to as a layman because I don't understand and I think that's the study you have to accept that it's okay and people will appreciate it that at least you're trying to learn. I've never come across a client if you're genuinely asking a question to get upset about it even if you push them to ask an answer, they might not have an answer, but they'll still appreciate you asking it and, and they will never say uh, that, you know, you are doing something wrong. So I think it's just about, it's a little hesitance, I understand, but you have to just start with simple questions. Like yeah. it will help everyone basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, what you, if I make a summary of it, I think the <clears throat> most important thing, if you're working in marketing and even working in strategy outside of marketing, you have to be very humble, right? You have to be very yeah. curious. And contrary to the misconception, which people have, being humble and asking questions, the, the person on the other side, especially senior people, would actually respect you more. They would yeah. think of you as somebody who doesn't know. So always yeah. be humble, guys. That is the biggest uh, takeaway <laughs> here. Yeah. Cool. So, Varun, now I want to kind of segue into the, the core of this whole marketing mediator thing, right? The reason we are having <laughs> this discussion. So yeah. I, I started my career same as you. We are like same age, right? Uh, after my MBA. And uh, I started from digital sides of things, right? Like, you know, Facebook was very big at that time. You know, I have done apps, I have done websites, I have done, you know, social media content. And then slowly, gradually, I got to the other sides of it, right? CX, commerce and stuff like that. But one thing which I have realized is, including experiencing it myself, right? That there is a lot of confusion, right? Uh, I have spoken to different people and so have you, right? That there is this one school of marketing which talks about, you know, the traditional way of growing brands and building brands, right? That what are these cues, how advertising is a passive medium, mental models are important, how reach is important, right? And on the other side, you know, digital is growing so much. You have people who have grown with digital, right? Or digital marketers, as I would say, they think slightly differently, right? They would talk about performance, they would talk about engagement, you know, now you have technology, like you yourself Mm -hmm. spoke about CRM. So there is a confusion in our field, right? So how, what has been your experience? And amidst this whole confusion what has kept Mm. you grounded as a strategist Mm -hmm. so i think the and maybe it's the way that our industry is like it goes a lot with trends let me Mm -hmm. say that so always there is a buzzword or a trend for the year or couple of years uh, where it becomes like a big enough noise in the industry the marketing side of uh, people will start talking about it then the agency side of people will start talking about it and everybody will suddenly start hunting for, you know, how can I do this? Uh, so just to give you an example, it's not always a wrong thing, but I think like that, it's the whole thing of urgent versus important, right? So not not exactly, but still like in the sense that those uh, going after those trends become like the urgent thing. You really have to do it and go after it and understand it. And in that sphere, I think you sometimes forget like the 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 basis doesn't change actually Mm -hmm. on which the brands are built so for example in the last couple of years 
like this year uh, or the year I think yeah 2023 2024 the buzzword is AI mm-hmm. uh, like I've heard obviously on the marketing side there are trainings being done on you know how to write brief using AI and using mm-hmm. tools so it's not to replace the people but it's about how do you work smarter maybe with AI right that's yeah. where we are at yeah. so that's one and, and next year it would be efficiencies driving efficiency through AI for example but uh, till last year it was more about uh, social like how do you really nail social some of the industries are late industry mm-hmm. I work with is a little bit late to that uh, kind of party some of mm-hmm. the other were come much much before and before that it was performance marketing mm-hmm. uh, so they have been like these trends where people keep focusing on you have to understand them I think uh, definitely you have to understand what's going on you really really try it and then you know whether it's a fad it helps doesn't help because just observing listening to people won't help actually yeah. but what I've realized is the the basics of building a brand has always remained the same mm-hmm. The challenge is like what you have to learn is how does that work with the newer medium. So let's say social or with AI or whatever else, right? Uh, it could be newer channels tomorrow. The way to reach people. So big data gave us the opportunity of more personalized approach, right? Mm-hmm. But personalization was always an important part of uh, branding and strategy. It's just that now data is enabling it. Previously, it used to be other ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think previously it used to be maybe direct mailers or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been cases on personalization, even like whatever at shop floor and other places, but maybe not online, which is nice. But I think those, those principles never change. Like always remember that. And the most important part is we still, so you never talk about marketing. People get more excited about the trends part. Normal people don't. <laughs> what you see is, so what I mean is, okay, on social media, let's say, you know, there are all these uh, very nice formulas and science behind uh, social kind of uh, you know content how to make it but the content that you relate to always has that insight at the starting point so when you're moving your thumb you have something right uh like give you an example like there was someone who had posted uh parents don't go on uh, vacations mm-hmm. they do the same stuff somewhere else right now forget about what the content was it's about that insight so that that connection with the human uh person what they have felt that emotion is always the backbone of branding whether you put it in a tvc social content wherever it will always connect people and that doesn't uh, move away the only way is how you're uh, bringing it alive how you're kind of executing it for the audiences which is fine which is an size itself you have to be on top of it but the core remains the same like without emotion you forget these things there'll be a new trend i think a couple of years later but yeah so it's more about emotions uh, connecting with i think think of them as human beings very very important uh, like humanizing the technology, the brand is very, very important, which I think has always been the case. Like since we have read books about David Ogilvy and all these people, it's always about humanizing and connecting with people, right? So I think, yeah, to, for me, so, it's just about that. Yeah. So if I were to uh, let our listeners know, right, what, what Varun is saying here is that A, uh, the basics of marketing or if you're working in advertising, specifically communication, the basics will always remain the same. Uh, B, don't chase the trends. Trends would come. Yes, it's your job to understand those trends and see how they are applicable in your field. But don't just chase them for the heck of it. Right? That's what you're saying. And I think third thing, which you know, I completely agree on, that is how the whole communication or the industry of persuasion is built around is basically emotions. So you have to appeal to the emotions, and that is why you need creativity. It cannot be uh, devoid of, like you said, the humanization element of it. So yeah. that's what builds uh, successful brands, right? That's, mm. that's how brands grow. Cool. Another thing, uh, Varun, which has been happening right all around the world, and I think it has been a really big trend in India, you know, uh, is the rise of D2C, right? This new mm-hmm. age digital yeah. brands. 
and it has gone crazy ever since the indian version of shark tank has started right yeah and yeah, yeah, not yeah. to say it's not happening in southeast asia you mm-hmm. see it mm-hmm. happening everywhere right now one of the questions which you know i have heard a lot of times and a lot of heated debates around is that a lot of d2c people who are working for these brands they would say the way you people who work in marketing or you know big advertising agencies so the strategy and that stuff it is it sounds very relevant to a brand which is already big right mm-hmm. that you are always giving us case studies about how unilever was built how png was built right but mm-hmm. we are a small brand right mm-hmm. uh, our budgets are small uh, of course we are primarily built on digital right so what would you have to say that you know if somebody is a d2c small brand trying to scale itself uh, what would be your advice to them is there a difference between approaching a big brand or a brand which is growing so i think see uh, like it's so again like going to just simple strategy uh, mm-hmm. the approach you have for any kind is always different for example a big uh, so what you're talking about is a challenger brand identity mm-hmm. uh, right so any challenger brand strategy would work for that brand whether you're in a d2c or you're just you're a very big player but maybe 4% market share player where they are you know 90% market that's a challenger brand now yeah uh, the other key point is whether so th- there are a couple of things you take at like in strategy one part is uh, where are you sitting in your industry mm-hmm. which is are you challenger are you market leader market leader sets the trend approach very differently they are about protecting challenger brand has to go more of a gorilla approach right which means you don't go wide you do small things at at certain areas it could be geography it could be certain type of audiences right it's always going sharper mm-hmm. trying to win somewhere because the bigger player is not going to invest their effort in trying to you know uh, fight at each little pocket that's how challenger brand strategy is like the back to i would say the military marketing right the, the military side of if you've read any books it's all always about guerrilla warfare has come from there yeah. uh, nothing to yeah. do with marketing long back it was always the same if you are out outgun uh you use gorilla right you hide in the trees you try to kind of kill them wherever you can it's always the same that's point number 1 uh the second part is you have to understand about your industry or the category if it's growing it's easy everybody's going to grow with that if it's 9% yeah. hopefully everyone grows if it's stagnant that's when the fight happens so most of the d2c players sometimes they're entering almost like a niche because there is a need gap in the market right mm-hmm. so you are you are providing let's say fresh meat to the people which is not frozen to their home that wasn't possible now that is uh, you you have yourself actually like first movers advantage almost mm-hmm. but uh, so you actually have an advantage over a bigger brand there right because they can never do that that's the challenge but it depends on is your industry growing is it a niche mm-hmm. are you entering like already saturated market then obviously you have to be very very smart about how you operate it uh, i think before scaling it's almost about uh, get your get your foot in a certain uh, like it could be a consumer group it could be a geography Mm-hmm. and then approach it differently so it's not always on media marketing one example actually i'll give is uh, maybe the uh, bira 91 right mm-hmm. so if you remember that she never employed marketing what they did was they started conquering and doing trials in pubs around mm-hmm. delhi ncr area and they become so big that people started asking for that so they've used word of mouth and trials primarily the oldest again way of getting people and then now they have become big and marketing happened much later so mm-hmm. there could be various ways that's a classic case of guerrilla marketing go to the pub where people are drinking give them trials if you really believe in your product and really really believe then it's going to work right absolutely no i think that's a mm-hmm. that's a great learning right so start small i know that uh, as a challenger brand you might have smaller budgets that is what yeah. varun is saying could be geography could be very tactical guerrilla challenger stuff uh, because mm-hmm. you don't 
I cannot match, for example, a big brand in terms of media spends, but I can try yeah. to be more creative, right? I can try to be more sure. Yeah. And uh, what you're saying is that, of course, it doesn't have to be like TV, print, or, you know, doing YouTube videos all the time. You can do very smart activations also, like, like be yeah. right? Yeah. And once but maybe social, hit, right? Like, I know yeah. social is challenging, but yeah, get it. So you could be the most socially creative brand which connects with people and people are going to start talking, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the, it doesn't, although it's a myth, it doesn't require money, it still requires money. Yeah. to get out there but still at least it's not about competing on you know like uh, sports and everything on on tv so it's still uh better for a challenger brand but you, you because see the the child the you have to identify weakness like strategy is all about your strength married to what people want and it shouldn't maybe try to uh, do something which is not your competitor's strength. big brands cannot be highly creative always it's very difficult it's in their dna right mm-hmm. established brand can is not going to change who they are but you are a small brand you can have your personality that connects more with people maybe so that could be your biggest strength which can help connect so yeah got it got it and uh before i uh go to the more most interesting kind of rapid fire round just one one more question uh in terms of since we, we spoke about so many challenges right digital modern marketing versus mm-hmm. traditional marketing we spoke about d2c versus uh big brands so where does that uh put agencies right how do you see agencies playing role is it has it changed in your experience a and b do you think it getting like uh slightly more evolved or you know change in its scope or role going forward in next few years so i think agencies also there are different kinds now uh, to mm-hmm. be honest so for example some of the newer ones uh, which were creative hot houses mm-hmm. some time back they were more into you know still creative films films yeah. sorry nowadays the the shot or like the uh, hot shops rather are more into let's say they are doing something with technology AI or something else so they are also trying to find their own niche like a D2C brand is. So there are those kind of agencies which are always on the edge of yeah. whatever is happening in the field, right? They're always on the edge. Bigger agency will take some time to get there. They acquire those people mm-hmm. or they try to fight it out because they have other ways of surviving. So that's point number one. Yeah. But nowadays, I think the biggest thing which agencies are being asked for is, is uh, how are you contributing to the business? So at the end of the day, I think for an agency, it's about having skin in the game as is the kind of the terminology being used so skin in the game simply is like the, i was about to say that like i forgot that when you were discussing all these digital challenges all that is fine you have to understand what is the business problem yeah right what is what is then comes either marketing comms fcsd whatever like other kind of uh, streams and what you're trying to do there then comes your marketing communication rather right mm-hmm. so i think it's always for the agency which are kind of doing good they are going back and understanding the business problem mm-hmm. right uh, and and if you are able to contribute to the client business, then I think you are valuable, and that's the maybe move towards. So most of the advances in analytics and all that is happening because you want to support client business, like yes. performance marketing, modern marketing came into being because there's single challenge, like creative. You are not able to answer directly whether you are contributing or not. That's the yeah. biggest challenge, right? It's not it's attribution. So if you're not able to attribute the the other kind of creative work, that's where modern marketing came into being. But I think it's basically about if you can deliver to the business, uh, be accountable basically mm-hmm. and uh, attribute your work to the business, then I think it's sorted. So that's where I think the big agencies are heading. Obviously, everyone is trying to acquire new skills. Uh, so the biggest conversation in the big uh, networks are more about now AI capabilities, obviously, because clients are asking uh, social capabilities a couple of years back, modern marketing before that. So they obviously do, but they do get it right because they then acquire the best talent, right? That's the strength of networks. 
बट ड्यूरिंग द टाइम वेन दे आर ट्राइंग टू गेट देर दॉट शॉप आर दंस विच ट्राई टू स्वे क्लाइंट्स विद यू नो काइंड ऑफ प्रोजेक्ट्स एंड टेल दैम दैट दे आर ऑलरेडी डूइंग इट so i think the the key like you said if i were to uh, take a one take away is as long as you are understanding the business problem and i think it it needs to start most importantly from maybe an account person but most importantly mm. somebody like you who's working in strategy and yeah. uh, b it is that you also need to understand and prove that whatever i am doing as an agency is contributing to your uh, top line or bottom line like whatever yep. the brief is right and yep. again if i connect back to that i mean in my experience uh, i have heard a lot many times that oh your client is not sharing the data with us or business problem <laughs> with us whereas yeah. i i've noticed two things and then i will let you add something if you have one was that usually at least the uh, very highly trained brands right on the marketing side mm-hmm. the first page the first page of the brief already has the business problem and the data yes yes always and i don't know how to skip it <laughs> There yeah, is yeah. market share, competition, you know, revenue. Everything exactly. Pub- yeah, publicly traded companies. Yeah. And second thing is, if in case it is not there, I would come back to what you said. Why don't you just ask, <laughs> right? Yep. yep. Always. So you know, just uh, so exactly. So see the good marketing side, which is obviously like FMCG. Obviously, is always mm-hmm. you know have been has had the better marketing. Uh, they would always do that. Uh, exercise themselves identify business problem and tell yeah. you mm-hmm. if you have the business problem you don't necessarily need to go back and check everything again right mm-hmm. you you say the client says this is my business problem you work on it but if you understand your client and you know maybe they're not they they don't usually give a business problem they'll just tell you i want to do this and you ask them why then if you ask the why why you're doing this then it goes back to the business problem actually and which is not always stated then it is your job before you start work to really identify the business problem it's very very difficult Mm-hmm. uh it would be mostly a problem that cannot be solved with communication that's also yeah. reality that's when you understand if you really understand client's business most of the businesses are more about distribution networks and so many things even the yeah. even the marketing manager or the marketing uh, head doesn't have control over it right so yeah. but you can still try towards solving it if you really understand that's the core problem maybe right correct and no, I, uh, I, yeah. I i completely agree with you actually uh, it cannot really solve the problem of distribution or pricing mm. but like you said communication can support it right exactly can yep. tell people uh, new distribution mm. channels which have opened up it can support a price increase for example i mean we can do our part right yeah and also so just to add last part to it and sorry that null cutting you with the other bit uh, is i think it's like a fallacy to think if you are think about providing communication solution you always provide a communication solution if you True. think about making a tvc you'll always end up with a solution of tvc I think the job of agencies is to provide solution to the client. I think mm-hmm. the move, what you were asking, another thing I'll add to the previous question is, it's about providing solutions. Mm-hmm. One is understanding business, solving business, accountability, and then solutions. A solution, if you really understand the problem, you can give a pricing solution. I've never heard a client saying no to it, even if you are a communication agency, right? They'll yeah. be happy. Like they won't maybe take it or do it, but at least you have provided a solution to them, right? Uh, because it's our job to think differently that's why they bring mm-hmm. us in like a fresh perspective and you can have a fresh perspective on all the four piece you might yeah. be only accountable for one but you can give that's not an issue absolutely no i, I love it and if i were to summarize it uh, what varun is saying is that i think it's very important that you try to think of larger business solutions and we are not always or as we are evolving we are not just in the business of communication yes that's a core thing but if you have a point of view or if you have a solution on any of the four piece please go ahead and proactively do it i mean if it might not get uh, implemented but client would appreciate it and it would increase your understanding of the business right so i think yep. that's very very important uh, point here varun uh, let's 
get into the fun part of it, right? So I have a few <laughs> questions, like rapid fire, not many. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me ask them, and whatever comes to your head, Varun, like no stress. Sure. Uh, yeah. Which is your favorite book? Are you going to give me a hamper? <laughs> we will we will do something about it when we meet, right? <laughs> no, no, just I, I don't have uh, sponsors <laughs> like uh, Karan Johar. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, continue. Okay, cool. So first one, uh, your favorite book on advertising? Uh, it's actually there are two thinking fast and slow nudges. So I'm a huge science of behavior science, so those are the two books I really love. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, is there a favorite piece of advertising in any format which comes to your head? Um, I always loved, uh, so I'll go back to the classics because maybe we read them more. Avis, we try harder, mm-hmm. Lemon, oh, wow, some of it. those advertising, obviously. Like, I've always loved those, uh, which is simple, straightforward, um, prevents, gives a fresh perspective, I think. So, yeah, no, some of those. Actually, Varun, uh, that reminds me, uh, when I was in my college, B school, it was a very finance, known for finance. And first time I went into library, I found this book mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, positioning, Elrace, right? And I mm-hmm. think... Till now, that was the reason I think I decided that I want to get here. So, nice. it is one of my favorites too. Okay. If you were to choose, uh, you know, while how brands grow, if you were to pick one out of these two uh, in terms of brand assets, right? Would you say differentiation or distinctiveness? I know, tough one, you <laughs> Very tough one. Uh, I think distinctiveness. Mm-hmm. I'll go for distinctiveness. Cool. I, I'm also, uh, I also think it is distinctiveness, although mm. I also believe in differentiation, but yeah. You bet, yeah. Mm. Okay. Most fun question of the episode. Out of the following, which ones do you hate the most? Account mm. managers, planners, creatives, media teams, customer experience and technology teams, e-commerce team, or finance and procurement? <laughs> Maybe, uh, so see, I have to... I don't deal with, but maybe I don't hate them. Finance and maybe uh, procurement. Uh, see, the others I've always found good ones as well. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. if you really collaborate with them, they work. I think uh, the the challenge with the mostly financial procurement I've seen is they don't understand the business side of things. Those who do are really really good, but otherwise it's about this is a this is a wall. This is the way I work. So it's like very <laughs> this way, uh, which I think causes a challenge because our industry is more about finding solutions than you know like uh, yeah. yeah proactively. Uh, Indian Jugaad way of looking at things while finance and actually procurement is not. So I think that causes a clash in businesses a lot of times. I'll add legal to it. Legal is another <laughs> one which uh, doesn't move. So these two, three are kind of where the uh, hurdle comes in usually. But anyways. <laughs> but uh, I mean, uh, just asking one more question around it. Like out of all the people you have worked in like over a decade mm. of, from different functions in agencies, mm. uh, who would, who would be like your favorite? In terms of your experience, right? You really enjoyed and you thought that they're really smart people. You're talking about a particular position or? No, I'm talking about one of these departments, like, you know, a department, right, account yeah. manager or a creative hmm. or, you know, planners. Uh, like so it, it will be a fight between uh, account manager and a creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, uh, three. So, uh, see, I've, I've always had an integrated role. So for me, one of my best friends is the media and the digital guy, actually, to be honest. I've really, like, I've learned, (laughs) so I I would, I would put them number one. The reason is I've learned a lot from them. Like, I didn't know anything about, uh, let's say digital or a lot about media. I don't know, eight, nine years back. I I started talking to them, working with them. Uh, now my strategy is not complete. Actually, that that guy doesn't give me anything. It'll be like a flat in the air kind of stuff, right? So that's number one for me always. 
Yeah. Uh, account managers, I hugely, hugely appreciate. I think they are fantastic people who can manage client relationship. I didn't get into that because I'm not really a big people person. So I really <laughs> appreciate. I really appreciate all the things that they do. Uh, trying to take calls and handle the clients. That's not really my kind of skill. So there, and I think creative is so creative and planning is almost like a partnership, right? So there, you kind of work together. Mm-hmm. So unless these two people are connected, the solution cannot really work out there. So I think mm-hmm. that's how it is. Very difficult yeah. for uh, for me to choose, but yeah, that's I think yeah. how. Okay. I think I think what you are saying is that you know in agencies because we bring this different perspective or we bring the customer's voice to the table. I think yeah. it is only possible because we work with different people from different backgrounds, right? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. we won't be able to do what we are doing. That's the most important yeah. thing in an agency, right? Mm. And the only thing I like to that is it's okay to be hated inside the agency sometimes for planning. Sometimes you have to say it doesn't work. Like I have to say even to the creative team, this doesn't work or you yeah. know this cannot go to the client. Like you have to see if you are the ultimate consumer voice and if you don't believe in it, don't mm-hmm. put out something you don't believe in. Like I've always... So I won't stand up in front of a client, present something which I don't believe in or even like kind of a, something goes out that you don't believe in. I think that's because I always feel you are accountable as a team member also to answer for that. So as a planner, it's okay sometimes to be hated. Uh, maybe clients also feel, you know, he's going to ask 10 questions. It's okay, but ask them. They'll appreciate you in the end, I guess. Everyone will be happy. You bring some clarity and value. In the long term, it helps. In the short term, maybe you are, they see you as a smartest, but mm-hmm. it's okay. Once they get to know you, maybe it'll, it'll turn better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Varun, I think maybe like last couple of questions. One thing which I really wanted to ask you is that because you have worked in two different regions, like one is India and now you're working in Southeast mm-hmm. Asia, right? Like ASEAN mostly and, and you've moved mm-hmm. out of India also like from last couple mm-hmm. of years. Do you yeah. see any one big difference uh, overall in business or culture in a way that one observation mm-hmm. which you have made or which have made you a better person, a better strategist? Yeah, actually. So... Um, I think it has taught me patience, uh, mm-hmm. patience about difference in cultures. So you have to also understand maybe I've, I've come from the North India side, right? Uh, I think Bombay people might still be better. So uh, like professionalism is much more when you go outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are very professional. Uh, they respect your uh, time. Uh, Thailand is such a place where I think your work-life balance is really appreciated from the client side everywhere. You are not expected to work on weekends. Late evening emails is not okay. Uh, and the bigger thing you learn is actually when you work with different people, you understand, uh, you have to actually let go of all the things that you already know. Mm-hmm. So you have to start from, you can't make assumptions, right? You can't assume if you have said something other person has understood. So those mm-hmm. nuances of working with different cultures, so I've worked obviously quite closely with different Philippines, Vietnam, you know, Thailand, uh, Indonesia, South Korea, like a lot of these markets, right? Australia, so Australia and Brazil, they're very, very different cultures. Mm-hmm. The same thing will mean different things to them. And we learn in planning importance of culture, but when you work across cultures, you realize how much it affects your day-to-day work, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the biggest thing was I thought I was very good at presenting. When I came here, I realized I had to really learn a new way of presenting because <laughs> I'm too fast uh, and not a lot of people can understand me. So that's something I have to work on. This is my, obviously, a gap then, right? It's not about the other uh, culture is wrong. Yeah. But I think it's those things. Basically, it's patience and reevaluating what you know. Uh, don't make assumptions. Uh, try from fresh with every new kind of a culture. I think it's very, very important. Yeah, cultural I, uh, cultural subtle connotations can make or break your work relationship. I don't yeah. assume stuff. It might uh, hurt people's kind of views, obviously. Yeah. You know, I, I completely agree with you, right? Because I felt the same thing. I mean, 
I was just nodding, nodding my head because you know we almost came at the same time to Thailand. Yeah. And I went went through the whole thing. I mean, I used to think yeah. that I'm a people's person uh, because I've mostly worked in business, leading the whole yeah. business and office. I also <laughs> thought that I'm good at explaining presentations and all that stuff. But I had to do a complete reset, right, of the way I do things, and it makes you a better person, I think. Yeah, I agree. Good. I'm and, a much calmer person now than I was good. before. Anyway. Dude, and see the thing is that if if you wouldn't have moved outside, you wouldn't have you would have never realized this because mm. I mean, knowing you, I would again agree with the same thing that every time I've seen you presenting to the clients, it's very crystal clear, it's very sharp, and I would also rate you as a very very uh, top notch presenter. But when you change your culture, it completely changes the game. Yeah. Right? You need to understand the culture nuances, yeah. says, or the way we communicate might not be very mm. uh, clear to people yeah. we are talking to. In fact, that's one thing I would like to add because this is more about you know clarity and confusion. Anybody who's worked in anything to do with marketing, communication agency, I think, uh, try and work with diff- people from different cultures. I think mm-hmm. that that expands. So this is very important for strategists, but I think across the board, no matter whether you're yeah. a creative person or even if you work with people from different cultures, it's gonna expand your horizon. I think I've learned so much in the last whatever years I've been here versus before because of just just communication and talking to different culture different markets like understanding those realities those challenges makes you grow as a professional i think so that's the if the, if the one thing you can do is maybe travel across india and work with kind of different regions that itself will make you better than just maybe same city and same people any day nice uh varun uh out of syllabus questions uh what is yeah. your favorite dish in thailand right now like a thai dish Thai dish. I really love actually um, masaman beef curry. Yeah, masaman beef yeah. curry is my favorite. Amazing cinnamon in it, and uh, yeah, it's really chicken also um, uh, is fine there. But masaman curry. And if anybody is coming to Bangkok for the first time, uh, two places you would recommend them to go for sure. Uh, Bangkok for the first time. Okay. Uh, one thing I think which I found good was if you're really trying to maximize your value, you can go to a place called Ancient City. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to see all the heritage architectures uh, within like what are 20, 30 acres. It's a nice place, I think. Uh, the other thing is night markets. Uh, mm-hmm. Thailand, uh, night markets is, is a cultural experience in themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to any, I've been to Sri Lanka, a lot of coastal areas. It's not that. Thailand is the only place. It's not even Bali, actually. It's only Thailand. So just definitely number one is actually night markets. And then maybe if you're into culture, go to like that kind of a place. You can visit temples also. One of those things. Malls are same everywhere. So I wouldn't recommend unless you're trying to do shopping. Absolutely. I mean, although Bangkok malls are known, but I think obviously yeah. are same everywhere. I mean, these night yeah. markets. And I yeah. agree with you, right? Because uh, we have been traveling a lot, right? Since we are in Southeast mm. Asia, I had the same thing, right? There is something about Bangkok and Thailand in general, yeah. about the night markets, the flea markets, the food stalls. Which is not anywhere, you know, Indonesia, Malaysia, yeah. Philippines. There is something very unique to you know, Thailand culture, yeah. I think. So I think Thailand culture, see, the challenge is with the malls, it comes across as Thailand, but it's not. Thailand culture is those street food stalls mm-hmm. in the night market, you know, uh, those thrifty things you can buy. Because that's what Thailand culture is. You'll feel so many local people just eating, enjoying. It's like nice weather, you drink out, you have something nice to eat. You're happy in your life. Everybody else is. That's Thai culture and the street food, obviously. So that I think you can only really see there unless you are visiting like small street shop to eat. I think Thailand could be Bangkok, especially makes you feel Bangkok is like Thailand is something else, which is malls and those big restaurants, which are obviously great. But that's not like true. Thailand is actually those, which is yeah, whatever 
beyond advertising i would say right the four pieces yeah. of marketing and ultimately making an impact on the business of the client so thank you so yeah. much for your time uh, happy to uh, always and talk <laughs> that was marketing mediator uh, that was varun joining us from uh, bangkok do not forget to like or subscribe our podcast thanks varun yes please do he's a great guy clear thinker guys take care